What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm stoked to have with us the uh, the one, the only Mike Adawa, <laughs> who's always up to something so cool, so crazy, so much fun. He lives uh, he lives his his talk. He walks the walk, so to speak. Appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. Oh my gosh, so much. So you obviously for for those of you that don't know who he is, um, he's right here in Denver, Colorado with me. Um, we could have just done this live, obviously. But, uh, it's, <laughs> next it's, time. It is, it, next time. It is what it is. He is actually going to, to be the speaker at my next meeting of men, which by the time this comes out might be the day of, who knows. <clears throat> but um, you're a leading performance coach. Stop me if I, if I get any of this wrong. Um, and you've been, shoot, you've been mentioned in a shit ton of, uh, magazines and journals, men's health, men's journal, GQ, ask men, uh, a bunch of other things. And, uh, why don't you tell those who don't know who and what you are from the horse's mouth, just kind of your 30 second elevator pitch, so to speak, give us the, yeah. the lowdown on who you are and what you do. Totally. Yeah. I'm Mike Idella. I'm, I'm part everything, part son, <laughs> part, uh, friend, um, major performance coach. That's my job. That's why I work yeah. with men and, and some women on you know, helping them become as happy and healthy as possible. Uh, I'm an athlete as well. Do a lot of different uh, athletic challenges and feats. Um, yeah. And try to be a good steward to the planet. I love it. And uh, recently, you know, our mutual friend, Eric Hinman, who's like, when I asked him, I was like, Hey, who else do you know? That's got an amazing story and maybe would love to be, on the podcast or a speaker at the, my meeting of men, he's like, Oh dude, Mike. I was like, Oh yeah. And I've been following you for a couple of years now, but <clears throat> sometimes you forget what's right in front of your nose, but I was following that you tell, tell those that have, that are listening kind of what you just accomplished and what, yeah, uh, not only what you accomplished, but the, uh, the cause with the Turkish getups. Cause that's amazing. Mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I um, recently set the world record for, most Turkish get-ups done in an hour, or not most Turkish get-up, but the most weight lifted by Turkish get-up in the hour. Um, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, and I'm one of the weird people that likes Turkish get-ups. And so I usually, uh, I usually like to do as heavy as I can for a single rep. That's more of my, my strength speed, not as much of an endurance guy. And uh, I had a goal to try to lift my body weight in a Turkish get-up uh, with my right arm. I can't do it with my left. And I did that. And then I went online and was trying to see if there were other, you know, weirdos like me who like to do heavy Turkish getups and <laughs> uh, didn't find too many. I found a one Russian guy. Um, yeah. I think a 
guy from Poland who could do pretty heavy get-ups. But um, yeah, there was a world record I saw for most weight lifted in an hour. And, uh, you know, I was kind of intrigued by it and then uh, decided to go for it and wanted to use that attempt to raise money uh, towards a cause that was close to my heart. And uh, the one that I, that I chose was um, suicide prevention for veterans mm. and a mental health research. Mm. You know, my grandfather died by suicide when I was five years old. And I really, as I, you know, do my own work, um, you know, I really learned how much that that had ripple effects in not only my life, but my family's life. And I've been doing a lot of, a lot of work to, you know, heal a lot of that for my future family and generations that will come after me. And so uh, it was great. They had a lot of about 50 or so people, a bunch of veterans come out to support the event. Mm-hmm. I did it at, down in Denver at a gym called V23. Um, and yeah, I, I accomplished the record by, uh, officially almost 3000 pounds. And so, uh, still working on getting it all figured out with Guinness. It takes a while now in these COVID days, got to send all the videos in and whatnot. So I'll be finishing that here soon, but, uh, yeah, it was a so good challenge. Cool. So cool. I, I can only imagine, but that's, uh, it's a good segue. <clears throat> Talk a little bit more about your grandfather. Were you obviously he passed when you were five um i assume he was a veteran he served World yeah he did vietnam vietnam okay okay uh and did he have a lot of ptsd or what what do you know about his backstory hearing from family members and everything else yeah so um not much you know i think he came back and i know he was a linguistics expert and so he was in charge of a lot of interrogations with the Viet Cong mm-hmm. and um can read some stories up on that and see some of maybe some things that he might've gone through, but you know, at that, in that era and same similar ish today, uh, we don't really talk about our feelings a lot as men. And then Mm. especially in the veteran community. So I'm sure he was dealing with a lot of inner demons that um, he took with him uh, to his afterlife. Mm -hmm. Which obviously was a big part. I would imagine for what uh, was driving that that pain and that eventual decision in his life, which is, which is interesting, but looking at that uh, happening at such a young age for you, how have you seen, um, how have you seen that kind of ripple out throughout your family members and extended family, just having that impact of someone take their own life in your, in your close proximity to, to, to loved ones. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's something I haven't really ever talked about publicly. And so I appreciate you asking me the question, but I just want to call it out. It is pretty vulnerable for me to share this. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's something that we don't talk about, something that wasn't talked about, but it, um, you know, it was my, it was my mother's father and, um, you know, she really struggled with that and struggled with depression and, you know, growing up with, with a mother who is extremely loving and kind and also struggling in a lot of ways, understandably, um, you know, as a young boy looking for some types of connection and, and feedback, uh, it affected me. Mm-hmm. And so I developed my own coping mechanisms. And as we start to learn about ourselves and dive deeper into introspective practices, you kind of peel the onion back and keep peeling it back and keep peeling it back and uh, learning why you do the things that you do. And so mm-hmm. um, for me, a lot of that kind of could stem from uh, from my grandfather and from that that huge tragic um you know traumatic incident and so as i'm doing the turkish get-ups 
you know, I have a picture of him above me on the rafters and I'm going up and down and looking up at him. And then I see, you know, my partner and her son and he's sitting, he's five years old too, same age that I was. And he's watching me and he's like cheering me on like the most attentive five-year-old that I've ever seen him. He's like so driven. And so, you know, my heart rate's flying. I have this hundred pound, almost a hundred pound kettlebell in my hand. I can't drop it on my head, but I'm seeing him and I'm recognizing like, wow, I'm, you know, really trying to do this for our relationship, for my relationship. My mom's there as well. My sister, just, you know, other veterans really seeing the larger picture. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I'm going through that, that was a real aspect that I wasn't expecting to take on the emotional aspect of it. I was, shedding a bunch of tears before and after and it was good it was a great experience and it sounds like a healing experience not only for you for for a lot of people who are in attendance pretty powerful. yeah i mean i can't from what they tell me <laughs> from what they tell you yeah yeah well first and foremost thank you for opening up about it um you know because i think that's you, you know you're a performance coach and you know obviously the the physical side of performance is only a a small slice of it really when it comes down to it right it's the uh it's the mental strength it's the fortitude it's the perseverance it's all the things that i think you've got in spades that maybe you take for granted but i mean to even think about doing you know an hour worth of turkish get-ups is uh is pretty awesome it speaks to your again your mental strength right um and I think that's, that's pretty powerful, but I do feel like in this, especially with this podcast, that's focused on um, vulnerability and just guys talking about their mental health and talking about their challenges. Cause I don't even begin to pretend like I got all my shit together. You know, I really feel like we're all, I like to, to saddle up next to guys versus feel like I'm across the, the desk from someone um, where we're doing this journey together, you know? Totally. So, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I think uh, I've had different conversations about general generational trauma you know, mm-hmm. and even though you don't know a whole lot of what your grandfather's going through, you, you can only guess, you know, like to get to that point. And I've been in some lows, but never really considered. Uh, no, I can be very clear about it. I've never considered taking my own life, you know, but I spoke mm-hmm. to a lot of guys who have, you know, they have suicide ideation or they actually have tried to take them take their own life several times. So you got to be pretty fucking low and guys just haven't had a, uh, you know, an opportunity to really open up about those things in the past. And I think what you're doing, what I'm doing, what a lot of us are doing is trying to open up a forum to have those conversations, even though it's like, oh shit, we've never really talked about this. And this is a little bit vulnerable and scary, but man, I feel like the, the quality uh, I've said in the past, the quality of our relationships is really uh, proportionate to the quality of the communication we have, you know? Mm. So the more we communicate, the better our relationships are going to be not only as men uh, amongst men, but men with our, or with our spouses, our significant others with the next gen- generations. And what a gift you've given to that little five-year-old, you know, to see that. And to, you could see that he was so inspired, you know, I can imagine being five is where you can really start to kind of have memories that, that you can remember for a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and he'll never forget that you gave him a gift. That's pretty powerful. So anyways, yeah. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Yeah. So cool. So cool. Explain real quick, going back around full circle for those who don't even know what a Turkish getup, if you can, without obviously uh, those that aren't watching on YouTube and are just listening, can you paint a picture of what that kind of looks like? Cause it's, yeah. 
it's a, it's a challenging move, but I can't imagine doing a 90 pounds B for an hour over and over. And over. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Explain more of what that was. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's an exercise where you start laying on your back and yeah. you lift usually a kettlebell up over yourself with one arm. And then you do seven type seven movements to stand all the way up where when you're standing, the kettlebells over your head with the arm extended. Mm-hmm. And then you lay back down to that position and you repeat it. And for the, uh, to make an official record, the standard was the kettlebell has to touch the ground every time. So what I would do is one rep with my right hand, mm-hmm. come down, put the bell down, roll over to the left, grab a different bell, do a rep, put it down and kind of roll back and forth that way. Wow. Wow. And you're doing 90 pounds all time. Did you end up changing the, the weight? Did you like, that's a lot of weight, man. Yeah. So I did uh, 97 pounds in my right hand mm-hmm. and then it was 88.6 pounds in my left hand. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a good challenge. I mean, I've done 205 pounds before for one rep, but the thing with the Turkish getup that's so difficult is uh, the focus that's required on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I do a lot of handstands as well. And I always say with handstand, and it's pretty similar with the Turkish getup. Most people will have the strength. Most people have the mobility, but the focus is the hardest aspect. Hmm. And so with the Turkish getup, that bell is holding right in that line over your head. And if you look down or you lose focus for a second, that, you know, heavy piece of irons come and crash into the ground. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's pretty awesome. Tell me, I mean, you, you did that then with your, your body weight one time, right? Yeah. How did you, is that with a barbell? Is that with a, yeah. Okay. How did you do that even with the balance of a fucking barbell? It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I mean, these are challenges. It's not like I just woke up and was able to do it. I've been training that way for a while, but yeah. um, you got to find the center of the barbell, of course. Yes. And yes. then you lay it over your hips I did like a little hip thrust to kind of pop it up and then caught it with my hands, pop my hand over to the middle and then release the other hand and, mm-hmm. and was able to get up. Mm-hmm. And once you have the center of it, it's probably not a whole lot different than a, a kettlebell. I mean, it's just heavy regardless. <laughs> yeah. It's different. Cause you know, the weight's so spread out. Um, yeah. But uh, the hardest part's getting to the lunge. I mean, it's really getting doing the sit up, but then all of a sudden you're having to do a lunge from the bottom with 205 pounds over your head. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I just, I wasn't naive to it. Right. Right. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And then, and then tell those uh, that are listening and watching what your next awesome adventure is, which is amazing as well. Yeah. Thank you. It's um, yeah. So some buddies down in at the gym V23 invited me to join them on a, a paddleboard race from the Bahamas to Florida. So it's 80 miles across the Gulf Stream. Mm. I like to say shark-infested waters to add to the, you know, yeah. the spice of it. But uh, it's through an organization called Piper's Angels um, that raises awareness and, and uh, donations for cystic fibrosis. So cystic they've, been, fibrosis. Mm. they've been doing it for, I think, somewhere six years. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's been at least that long, though. But it's an actual race. I, th- I didn't know it was an actual race. I just thought it was something you were taking on just because you're crazy like that crazy cool but <laughs> it's a there's race. other crazy people yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah. It's, it's a race it's um you know we're going about it uh not really racing so intensely but 
you know, wanting to complete it for sure. Yeah. Kind of sticking together as, as a little pod behind our support boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll start at 1 a.m., midnight to 1 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't have any flashlights because of the turtles. And mm-hmm. so we just follow behind like the red lights of the support boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, paddle out into the sunrise and then hope to finish before sunset. Wow. Yeah, you told me that it was something like <clears> – <throat> 18 hours or something like that offline. I remember you telling me mm-hmm. so starting at 1 a.m., which will be, yeah, what, what a day because you'll go through probably, I mean, you'll be sweating the whole time, but um, what, what an adventure. And that's happening when? That's at the end of June. End of June. Are you going to do like a live stream? I'll do um, something from that. Nah, probably <laughs> not the whole time. Something on yeah. the boat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, those, those long endurance events are really fun. I've done a few ultra marathons. Um, and I, and I really don't consider myself an endurance guy. I yeah. just really love to challenge, literally love the challenge. Mm. And so, uh, it's kind of nice not having a, like a real ego or identity behind the endurance because on one of my ultras, I came in third to last, like I barely finished. I almost got a, a DNF did not finish. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but for me, when I think about running, a you know, a 5k, I'm like, oh man three miles like <laughs> yeah. shit okay yeah. can't yeah. we just yeah. do some like just lift some weight or something yeah. but uh to now if no i can run 50 miles you know i'm like okay i can do yeah. a paddleboard sure yeah 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 uh so i think i mean there, there's you've got a mindset that again is is unique because i think most people uh and i'd like to get your thoughts on this are um are just satisfied with the status quo or the comfort right and yet you really like you said you really like pushing yourself uh not only in the the area that's challenging physically but more mentally right Mm -hmm. do you feel like did this come from your upbringing do you feel like it's something that you just is it one of your coping mechanisms that you've now turned into a strength where where do you feel like this comes from for you personally yeah you know i don't even think people are comfortable with the status quo i just don't think that they may have the opportunity or feel like they have the opportunity to go for it. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent when I was younger, right. I, um, you know, was dealing with some connection issues between my parents. Uh, and so I, I leaned on athletics. I leaned on athletics and women. Those are my two vices mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I developed a lot of safety around being able, being able to be with myself physically. Mm-hmm. And then Um, if I'm struggling with stuff, I always know I have that type of space to enter. And I've gone through different seasons of that being, you know, what they would say, not healthy, and then different seasons of it being super healthy. And so understanding why it is that I do the things that I do, is just a question I constantly am asking myself. And the word that comes up to your question is, is curiosity. I'm really curious about what's, what's even possible and, and where I can get to and what I, what is, what is my limit? What have you found in that curiosity though? Like what, what have you found within yourself that maybe has surprised you or has been a, uh, a benefit to all of this? Obviously you're, you keep doing fun adventures like this and it's cool to see online, but again, not everyone will do these type of things just for posting stuff on social media, you're obviously driven from within, you know, but what, what are you, yeah. what are you really curious to, to find? You think you said the limit, 
but what is it about the the limit or the journey to that limit that you're most curious do you think is the unknown you know i don't really know what's going to happen when i go out in these places i don't know the thoughts that are going to come in my head uh i recently did a um, an outdoor quest where I was out for three, four days with only water and completely depleted myself of food and wanted to see what would come up. And, and that's a whole nother conversation we can get into, but I'm really, you know, open to seeing what is coming up for me. And, um, yeah, like I said, curious on that journey, you know, a question that I get asked often, and I imagine you do as well is, how can I build more confidence? How can I build more self-esteem? How can I develop a deeper relationship with myself? And it's, it's through action. And it's through setting yourself up with something that you might not think is, is achievable, whether it's a business or a relationship or a conversation or a marathon or a Turkish getup, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Even cooking a meal. I can never cook pad thai. I don't know how to do that. Okay, you could do it. Go look up a recipe, go to the store, buy the ingredients, try it, see how it is, come back the next week, make it a little bit different. And you start to grow and you start to teach yourself that you're worthy of it and that, you know, you really do have a lot of value and you really gain a lot of confidence that way. So I guess the long answer to your question is I'm addicted to feeling confident in myself. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. Um because I think it also is about, and that's something that I often preach is like, it's not so much, obviously the, the end result or the outcome. It's about the, the man that you become along the way. Right. Um, and so doing these things over and over and over again, just uh, the variety of things, like you said, gives you an increased confidence in yourself, right. Not only physically, but mentally and emotionally and everything else. So, um, but you said something that, that made me think of my next question, which is, <clears throat> you say a lot of people come to you and I agree, they, they ask like, what, how do I get uh, to improve my confidence? How do I create greater results? <clears throat> Those are the questions you're receiving. But in all the work that you've done, um, do you see that there is, cause you work with men and women, but particularly with men, since this podcast is more for the, the male audience, do you see, uh, that's not how I'm gonna phrase the question what do you see is the, the thing that, that a lot of men are missing them in their lives that they're really seeking? Is it confidence or is it something else? Mm, man, I was just talking with someone about this. I think it's permission. Permission. Mm. In, in, what, in what capacity? Permission to go for it. You know, permission to go for the, go for the challenging race. Permission to talk about it. Have someone that believes in them. You know, I, I work with people who are in long-term relationships or in long-term friendships and you get into this cycle of like, this is just how it is. This is just what we do. And when you want to change that switches and that can create a, it, it can, you know, all cha change is uncomfortable. And so it's a matter of, like you said, developing that foundation of communication to ask your partner, Hey, is this something you can support me in? I know it might be different. I know I might be going to bed earlier and waking up or yeah, going to bed earlier and waking up earlier so I can focus on these things, but it's not a threat to you. Mm. It's because I want to work on things and develop myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, developing and finding allies in your life that really want to support you. And when you can talk about your wild ideas and not even have to be wild, they could just be, I want to try meal prepping for a week. Yeah. I want to try drinking a gallon of water a day. You know, a lot of guys get shut down by 
you know, they're, they're friends. They're like, man, why are you can around that gallon of water? Always having to drink water, always taking a piss. It's like, okay, shit, I don't want to be ostracized from the group. So I'm just going to go with this status quo and play and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so having that permission, which a coach can give, but so can quality relationships. Uh, I think that's what a lot of guys, you know, really would need. Which I think is interesting because I, I totally agree with you, but I also feel like that's as a result of kind of the, uh, what's the, what's the right word or like the feminization of masculinity, you know, because the more confident I got, because I I'm similar to what you were saying, like being a, a nice guy for most of my life and kind of, uh, being raised primarily by women. I was always like, Hey, do you, and I've had girlfriends in the past. I remember several, like from eight, nine, 10 years ago, were like, will you stop fucking asking for permission? If you want to do something, just do it. I'm like, oh gosh, like, are you sure? She's like, stop asking for permission. You know, like it was always like checking, like, can I do this? Are we okay with it? It's like, stop, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think in many regards, um, you and your sense of masculinity, which is, which is admirable and inspiring, when you decide that you're going to do a, an 80 mile Santa paddleboard race, you're just like, I'm fucking doing it. Granted you check in with your team and those that, but like you kind of just decided and you probably have aligned yourself with the, the nucleus of people around you who are just like, yeah, this is what Mike does. You know, when he decides he's going to do something, he's going to fucking do it. He doesn't ask for permission. Right. And I think there's something to be said about the masculine in its true expression is like, we really don't need to ask for permission, right? If you want to quit your job and start a business, go for it. If you want to ask her out, if you want to change things in your relationship, if you want to become a better father, fucking do it. That doesn't mean that you need to know how to do it, but I do feel like at some point, yes, we ask for permission for a while. And you're, if you're around other really good, thoughtful men, at some point you start to realize, you know what? I don't need to ask permission anymore, right? I'm just going to mm-hmm. go and, and, grab life by the horns you know so i think that's a really really good point i'm glad you brought it up um one of the other things you said 15 20 minutes ago was about the whole idea of focus which i think was really Mm -hmm. really good you know because using it as an analogy you said uh if i can remember you correctly you said like uh guys have the strength or Mm -hmm. mobility but they don't Mm -hmm. tend to have the focus right Mm -hmm. So we're talking about life in general. Now that's in the gym, which I often am using. I'm a, I'm a gym rat as well. I'm often using that same type of analogy. Like we all have the capability and yet oftentimes as men, we don't have the focus in our lives, whether it be the focus to get the results we want, right. In any capacity. Right. So in your coaching, what are some of the things that you kind of do to support men and women alike in increasing that focus. Cause I agree with you that oftentimes is kind of the limiting factor is like, you can do this. You just have to fucking commit and focus on it. But how do you, how are you as a coach extracting more potential out of people who maybe just don't believe in themselves or, or don't have the level of focus that is required to accomplish something? Yeah, man. I love this question. It, uh, I try to keep things as simple as possible. You know, I only work with people with a short amount of time because I want you to learn the things, go apply them. And then you can't work anymore. But it's not like, (laughs) and so this piece of advice that I'm giving, I'm sure you've probably talked about it in the past, but uh, maybe not. Um, It's the idea of personal ownership. That's what we're talking about here, right? It's Mm -hmm. taking ownership over your life. And, you know, I'm learning similar to you. There's all these like ideas and, you know, 
they can feel like fluffy and sound great, but how do you actually apply it? And one way I love to apply ownership is just through the, the words that I speak, the language that I use. And one word that I find happens a lot with people that have anxiety, that have that like failure to launch, that are the nice guys is the word should. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I wear this out? Should I wear that? Should I kiss her? Should I not? Should I do this? Should All of those shoulds are like, they live in that gray space of external opinions that are being put onto you. And so now your whole life is about Googling when to ask a girl out, when to live with each other, when to do this. And you're constantly ingesting external stimulus. You lose that ability to connect with, you know, I'll call your soul and to connect with your, your internal truth. And so when you eliminate that word should, which I hope everyone listening to this never utters that word again in their life, you insert the words want or don't want, and you immediately take action or you immediately gain ownership over your words, which then you gain ownership over your actions and over your life. Mm. It is life changing practice. Mm. Which comes right back around to uh, permission. The should is your, your, your You're looking for permission. hundred percent. Right. right. And there's a difference between permission and respect, you know, and in all relationships you can have, and I feel relationships are pretty simple. One person expresses honestly and um, respectfully what they would like. And the other person does the same thing. And if they're the same, great. And if there's not, you compromise. Mm-hmm. But if you want pizza for dinner and I want Chinese food and you, I ask you what you want because, and you say, I want pizza. And I say, all right, well, we can do pizza. Okay, let's get pizza. And I don't articulate that I want Chinese. Then what I'm doing is in a small way, just dinging myself. And I'm just dimming my light, dimming my light, dimming and dealing for whatever it is that you want, which then will lead to the relationship friendship killer, which is resentment. And now I'm going to hold resentment over you. And I'm going to tell you, it's always about what Johnny wants. We always do what he wants, but it's really not. Or I will always do what my girlfriend wants or what my boyfriend wants, but it's not. It's about you're not able to confidently express what it is that you want because you're shooting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's a big part of it. That's, that's kind of the, um, the antidote to nice guy behavior or asking mm-hmm. for, for permission is, uh, is no longer asking for permission, but communicating your needs and your wants, which is extremely Amen. difficult for a lot of guys right now, you know, yeah, because they've lived a life of like, should I do this? Should I not? You know, you know, am I going to, are you going to, are you going to still love me and respect me? That, cause that's ultimately the, the base level of fear, right? I'm afraid that if I ask for what I want, they're going to be upset and then I'm no longer going to get their respect or their love. Right. That, yeah, that, that exact thing you just said is yeah. what I urge people that are listening to this to have that conversation. I'm nervous, Melissa, to tell you what it is that I want and what my deep desires are because you're going to not like them and then we're going to have a fight or you're going to leave me. Right. Is that true? No, of course, I want you to say what you want. And ultimately, you just have to want your best life possible. I think a lot of people are okay with settling for that 75, 80%. And they're like, well, it's safer and more comfortable if I don't really say what I want. I try to play this nice guy game, but you know how this works. I know how this works. If you get to a point where you're just like, F it, I can't do this anymore. And then you have a big blowout and you don't know where that blowout's coming yep. or it's a, or it's a slow bleed with your vices, you know, yep. and you know, all those are. Yep. Yep. And I, and I certainly, uh, 
I learned a lot of this from my coach last year where <clears throat> I wasn't speaking my needs and that, and you talked about resentment, the resentment for me turned into, um, kind of like repression and, uh, rejection. What are all the other R's kind of revenge? Uh, but ultimately just, it, it showed up in anger, but I wouldn't let anger out. Cause I, I've always been taught to like, you know, I want to be like the Michael Jordan of my life where I, no one ever knows that they're in my head, you know, so I keep everything aside, but it leaks out through passive aggressiveness, you know, or annoyances. Um, <clears throat> just a lot of little things where you're like, or all, all of a sudden it does pop. It's like a pressure cooker and also boom. And they're like, what the fuck happened to you? And you're just like, ah, oh, it's because you keep it inside and you're not speaking which is why I feel like we're going around full circle to the whole communication part, right? Um, mm -hmm. Where it's not, and again, it's not to say that in relationship with people that you just kind of tell everyone what you're doing and you take no consideration for, for someone else, especially in romantic relationships, right? You really do need to mm -hmm. check in and, and compromise, I think is a big part of it. Um, but I would ask you besides communication, what are some other tips? Because you say you work with couples a lot too, what are some other things that you feel like result in a, uh, a mutually beneficial, loving, committed, passionate relationship rather than what I feel a lot of people settle into, which is like, yeah, I love, I love my partner, but I'm not in love with them. Or it's kind of a working relationship. We're just together for the children, but it's like, it's just like, it's a relationship of convenience versus a relationship of choice and passion. Yeah, I mean, these are all things we got to work on. It's not easy. Being in a relationship is hard. It takes For a sure. lot of work. For and sure. so I think there's a fairy tale because we've all watched the Disney movies. We all know how we want it to go. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's unrealistic. We've been sold a lie. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the relationship starts with numero uno and then it goes out from there. And so a lot of times if you're not feeling passionate with your partner, I doubt you're not feeling passionate with yourself. Amen. Amen. So, so first and foremost, starting with yourself and, and where would, if someone is listening to this and they're resonating with what you're saying, it's like, dude, I'm just not, I've been settling. I feel like I'm really unhappy, like you said, but it's just coming to the realization that I have been settling for, for mediocrity. Uh, and I've kind of sedated myself through addictions, porn, video games, fantasy sports, mm -hmm. drinking, whatever else, right? Work, um, what would be some of the first couple of things that you would recommend someone do if you were working with them and they were just, you were just getting started with them. What's the first couple of things that you kind of suggest to get someone moving, like you said, taking action mm -hmm. into a new, new level of life, let's say. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, the really one of the first steps is, is understanding why it is you're doing those, why you're settling for mediocrity, why you're there. And not demonizing it because it obviously is working for you to a certain aspect. Mm -hmm. And this is what uh, you'll call a lo your, your loyal soldier, right? It's like this part of you that had to develop these defense mechanisms when you were younger to survive. Yeah. And so you did the best that you could with the knowledge that you had. And now it's time for your soldier to retire. You can hang him up, give him his medals, put him on the wall, thank him, you know, honor him, and then he's done. And now you can ingest a new way. And so that new way, like I said, comes down to things that we're doing all the time, which is thinking in our head and then speaking out of our mouth. And so what are my actions? And starting really small, like what do I want to eat for breakfast? What time do I want to go to bed? What do I want to wear today? What do I want to do for fun this weekend? All of those questions are going to give you the opportunity to decide what it is that you want and what you don't want. 
And you start to develop that confidence, which starts to instill like a deeper connection with your soul. So that when you ask these larger esoteric questions of like, what do I want to do with my life? You're going to start to get some feedback because you've kind of put in those proverbial reps of building that trust and communication, you know, with yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I feel like that's, uh, that kind of goes in line with what I see where, where, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, um, this idea that we, we have a tendency to overestimate what we can accomplish like in a month's time, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of men, you know, as well as just our culture, we want things quickly, but when it comes to personal, de- personal development or high performance in all areas of our life, it fucking takes time. Like you said, you didn't just all of a sudden decide you were going to do, you know, this, the Turkish get up uh, at 205 pounds. Right. Or, you're, you're clearly deciding, not deciding to just say, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that race 80 miles. And just, you're going from couch to, to stand up paddle, <laughs> you know, at 1am you're training, right. You have a, it's, it's the journey. Like you, like we talked about of preparing for the, the big dance, so to speak. Um, but how quickly, again, um, how quickly do you see men start to make some fundamental shifts in their lives? Is it is a 90 day process to get things started? Is it a half a year, a couple of years? What have you noticed in your life, but also in the lives of your clients to where they really start to uh, acknowledge and see some fundamental progress going on? Yeah, man, I'll be honest. It can be quick. It really can be quick when people are ready to go for it. Cause when right. they're ready, we have a ton of men who are, they just don't know where to put their energy. And so then because of that, they lack that mission and that purpose. And then they're like, they become like, you know, empathetic. They're just like, ah, whatever, I don't want to do anything. And so once you give them some things to focus on, some things to think about, they're like, okay, I got this mission. I want to work on myself. I want to, you know, heal some things. I want to start living this life I'm excited about. Yeah. They go for it. It can be weeks. I mean, it doesn't have to be this whole two-year process. Like it takes time, but the more focused, again, there's that word that you can be with, um, the way that you think about yourself and the way you talk about yourself and the way you engage with the world around you, mm-hmm. you know, the faster you can see those, those changes. And, you know, I, I want to say like this work, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not stuff that you'll see on the internet. It's really you thinking, man, I'd really like to have Chinese, but she wants pizza. Okay. I'm going to, this might cause a fight, but I just want to say, Hey, you know, I, I kind of really would love some, you know, some low mean tonight. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. no, it's like, not even, is that okay? You can, you can go with that if that's a pattern, but because if you're already saying it as a win and then you can start to develop a compromise, but starting to lean into communicating your own wants and needs. And even, even just thinking them, you know, you might not even communicate them as, and it depends how much you really want to go for it, but those are the wins. And the more you can have friends or a coach or people in your life to communicate that with, like, Hey man, I know this might not seem like a big deal, but we always watch Real Housewives at night. And, you know, I really want to watch the football game and I never say anything, but tonight I said, Hey, is it possible we could watch a football game? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no problem. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's an what? emotional PR, <laughs> you know, that's huge. Yeah. And so it's, I always think about, you know, going back to training, it's like, you know, if you want to get a stronger bench press, you know, okay, I got to do push ups, dips, bench, incline, dumbbell sets and reps rest and i got this program i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get stronger what are the sets and reps for 
you know, confidence, you know, vulnerability, you know, emotional maturity. Yeah. And then a lot of times what will happen, especially with guys is they'll come into a place and, you know, I love what you've created where it's like very welcoming sitting next to everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'll deal with a guy who's like, oh, my wife told me I should go to yoga. So he goes to like a Kundalini chanting class and he walks in and it's like way over his head. And he's like, this yeah. shit is weird. I don't want to do it. And then he leaves. And so it's what is the right like exercise or viewpoint or journaling prompt for you at the, at the moment in the space that you're at. The next right thing. Cause I think you're right because I used to own gyms for five years and primarily working with Midwestern women. They'd come in, they'd be super insecure. And to your point within just days, if not weeks, we'd get them results, right? All of a sudden they're loving what they're doing, but there would be some of them. If anything, I would say, Hey, don't take on more than you think you can do. You know, if anything, you're going to, you're going to be surprised because I'm going to tell you actually to step it back because again, you're 45 years old. You haven't worked out in 15 years. You know, you've had all these children and like you, you will wake up feeling you've been hit by, by a bus. If you take on too much, you know, you get the mm-hmm. orphans going, you're looking at everyone else who has a similar body shape. Let's just ease our way into it. And sure enough, rather than hurting yourself because you're doing too much, um, I, I also found to, to what you were saying that the results can come pretty fast. But I noticed with the women as well as a lot of the men that I've coached more recently in the last three, four or five years, you can get results really fast and things can change and guys can be excited. But there tends to be for me like a 90 day mark where the shit really starts to, it's like a, it's like a relationship. You get through the honeymoon phase and then the shit starts to get real, you know, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this person's no longer in a pedestal or this workout program or this coach or this program is no longer amazing. And it, you start to realize this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And yeah. you got to kind of not grind it out per se, but like you really, you got to be committed. Right. And so I found the people that really do make lasting change, they realize that yes, this is going to be fun at first, but they're going to have to settle in to the mile 10, 20, 30, 40 of the 50 mile race. It's not a fucking five, five K, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of was curious about your experience with that too. Like, I, I agree with you that guys can, it can happen. Boom. In a moment, they can be just with one call with you can be like, all right, fuck, this is, I've already changed my mindset. Let's go. But then there also is that kind of like coming off the honeymoon effect. Right. Yeah. So, so to that point, do you feel like you, you've experienced that with some of your clients where they like, they have to settle into like, okay, this is not, this is not super exciting anymore. And I just have to keep kind of work, doing the work like that's not sexy. And how do you totally. support them in that? Yeah. No, reminding them where they want to go, reminding mm-hmm. them of how it is, you know, it's like all hard things in their life. And so mm-hmm. it's not, no one's excited to go into an ice bath. Doesn't feel good. Right. Even Eric, you know, yeah. gives every day. It's not, he's excited for the results that it brings. He's yeah. excited so he can train the next day. Yeah. And so you know, it's like all it's, it's resiliency and grit 101, you know, it's putting in that effort now and understanding when it's tough, the larger reason why it is that you're doing the things that you want to do. Mm. So, so if I'm reading between the lines, I'm hearing you say, A, having a vision, having just a clear idea of what you're aiming for, where you're going. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like it still comes back to that whole idea of kind of delayed gratification. Like those people that are most successful in life have a way of seeing like, yes, this would make me feel great. If I, you know, in the short amount of time, if I did this, but if I actually do something different, I'll get so much greater results further down the road, 
right? Just kind of like, like our buddy Eric talks about, like him, he's in that cold bath every single day, even though that sucks for the few minutes that he's in it, which most people would want to avoid that. He mm-hmm. knows it's worth it because it has a ripple effect, you know, tomorrow as well as long-term in his health in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, go ahead. No, I mean, you're totally right. It's like, you know, when you're thinking about wanting to make the longer change, it's what are the, you know, the decisions that you make during the, in the beginning are just going to be affecting the decisions that you're making at the end. So it's continually putting in those reps, putting in that work and realizing the 10, 20, 30, 40 years that of a certain mindset you had, it's not just going to change in a month or 90 days or even a year. It's going to take time for you to develop those reps. Yep. It's the same thing if you're overweight and you want to develop and you know, become healthier. It's not like it you, took you a long time to put the weight on. It's yep. going to take you, a, a, a not necessarily the same amount of time, but it's going to take some time for it to come off. Mm-hmm. And so the, the more diligent you want to be at, at it and the more you know, work you want to put in and attention you want to put towards it, just the faster it will happen. Right. And, and not only, uh, you know, the amount of time that it takes to, 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 let's say, get overweight and take the weight off, it takes even more fortitude and, and mental strength to keep it off, right? That's where the vast majority of people struggle, right? And so that's, that's more of what I was wanting to get at too, is like, it's one thing to create change. It's another thing to create progress because we can all create change in a moment you know i can change my my mental state from right here to being lazy to okay i'm going to take action today but to create consistent progress which which i think relates exactly to uh kind of what you do with with men and women in terms of like performance high performance is like performance over time right it's an accumulation of little tiny micro habits every single day and sacrifices and you know, doing the things you don't necessarily want to do in the moment, but you know, it's going to last, like I said, it's going to improve yourself in the long term. I think that's, that's one of the, the things that you express in spades, which is just like, most people aren't doing these amazing kind of physical feats, but they're only possible because you have the, the mental focus and the fortitude, you know, and, and the vision of what, of who you want to become right in the future, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is why, it's, it's so attractive and why so many people follow you on Instagram and online is because it's, it's inspiring because a lot of people don't have that, you know, and that's what I really wanted to have this conversation because it might be something that you take for granted. It might not be, but it's so rare that uh, I think more people want that. Like, what is that thing? Like, cause you're, you're a human being, you're strong. Yes. But there's plenty of people that are strong and are fit and they have great mobility, but you said they, they don't actually get the results that you're necessarily getting. And why is that? I think you're right to the idea. It's focus, it's vision, it's commitment, it's the little things, you know. And I think that's a lot of what it sounds like you 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 coach on the side, not on the side, but you coach with your clients. Would, would you say that's accurate? I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, it's all the little things, right? But they're not little. They're huge. I mean, right. I, I can't put online, like, the time when I, you know, when my, my partner hurt my feelings with something she said, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to maybe potentially ruin the night, but I also didn't want to fester it and didn't want to hold it in me. And I, and I asked her, Hey, is this what you meant by that? Cause I took it as X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That is what, that is it. Like that is what makes me feel great. You know, the workouts are fun. Like they're super cool. I learn a lot about myself through them. They, I get to do them with other people. I get to go to, 
like amazing places. I get to challenge myself like that, but like the day to day is what I'm really dealing with. Cause I need to live between these years 24 mm-hmm. seven. I can't just live at the gym, you know, mm-hmm. all day, every day. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think that's a really, really good point. Now, when we talk about, uh, as you said, like doing the, doing the workouts, surrounding yourself with the, with the right tribe, getting the support that you need. I do feel like a lot of guys, um, myself included at times, we, whether when, when we're feeling insecure or we're feeling down on ourselves, we tend to, rather than ask for help, we tend to isolate. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, something I know that you're launching pretty soon is another men's group, but how important, because I see it with your, on, on social media and everything else, you've got a pretty powerful tribe in terms of guys that support you in the gym. I'm sure you, you know, you've got your lady, you've got so many other loving people, but how important is that group, especially for men? And, and why is it that you're doing men's, men's groups, men's support community? Yeah. I mean, it's tremendous, right? Cause we don't live by ourselves in an apartment. I mean, maybe some of us did for <laughs> the past two years, but yeah, yeah. that's not yeah. really where we thrive. We're social yeah. human beings are social creatures. So we mm-hmm. thrive off of other people. Mm-hmm. And so being able to really grow internally, you need like, you, know, you could practice in your meditation, your journaling prompts. That's all like practice where you actually test it is out in the field, out dealing with other men, having those conversations communicating with your partner or your colleagues or your kids or whatever. And so you can't do work. You can't do personal work without that aspect. You need that type of feedback and you need a safe container to really express it, which is what a men's group creates, you know, similar to your meeting of men. It's a safe place. Men know that they're going to go there. They're going to be able to be themselves. They're going to be able to be honest. And they're really attracted to that because unfortunately there's just not a lot of places for that. Right. Um, Similar with the groups that I lead, my, my groups are virtual, um, but we create a space where men are able to really share intimately and go through a process uh, with other people. So they can not only share their perspectives, but get to learn other guys' perspectives and, you know, have some, you know, conversation about, okay, I see how you dealt with your vulnerability this way. This is how I deal with it. What can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? Because, you know, like you said, we're all, we're sitting at the circle table together. You yeah. know, it's not no one's got their, no one's got it figured out some of us have just focused more on learning a bunch of tools yeah. and then can kind of teach other people these tools but everyone's got tools for stuff totally totally well if you don't mind expand a little bit more on uh so it's a virtual men's group it launches end of march correct yep yeah it's uh it's a six weeks men, men's group it launches march 29th okay. uh, we do one group zoom call per week is 75 minutes long Okay. Um, on that call, I'm going to teach and discuss various topics of self-betterment, how to become, you know, a better man. And, a, you know, we look at all different types of uh, topics, such as, you know, vulnerability, communication, all stuff that we've been talking about, mission mm-hmm. and purpose as well, mm-hmm. uh, be getting uncomfortable. And then in between the calls, I have a, an app with a, a bunch of different tasks for people to actually apply those things, cool. right? Because now we're just talking about it, which is awesome. But you know, we do need that permission to be able to go and do it. And so you'll be able to practice, do it, upload it back onto that group. Other guys, again, will be able to see what you've created. You'll be able to see what they've created. And then on the next call, we'll go over those things and I'll teach new topics and we'll continue that format for the six weeks. Cool. So no different than, um, than if you were just a, let's say a, you know, athletics or, uh, 
yeah, like a, a physical performance coach where you're talking about plans and, you know, all that sort of stuff for 75 minutes, but then you're expecting them to go into the gym or, you know, run the miles or do the reps. Like they have to do it on their own. Obviously you can't just show up for 75 minutes and expect your life to change, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 But it also, fortunately, I mean, each guy that joins the group, we do a two one-on-one calls as well. One in the beginning, one at the end, uh, have a pretty intensive intake form that we look at. Uh, I use a holistic view of, of their life. So we look at their physical health, social, environmental, intellectual, occupational, and um, spiritual. And all of these different six facets, I believe, make people the most well-rounded individuals that they are. And as men, we pour a lot of, we pour a lot into our occupation, to our physical, and then maybe some of our social. Mm. And so, you know, developing and working with someone, you're able to see externally without any type of like emotional connection to your life, you know, where your shadow or blind aspects could be. Mm. And then you can make those changes because you're aware. A lot of times guys aren't aware. Right. Yep. Yep. They're just kind of going through life uh, somewhat asleep. So getting that awareness, I think, is a huge part of the, the beginning of the transformation. So be, beyond the, the men's group, um, do you do one-on-one coaching or uh, retreats or anything else that you, that you offer as well? Yeah, I do one-on-one coaching as well. Um, don't do too many of those. I like to keep those you know, pretty intimate. Um, but I do have two spots coming available soon. Cool. Um, and then... I have led retreats in the past. I'm going to be leading a retreat this year. It's not solidified yet, but it's going to be coming up uh, in the early winter time. Sweet. Sweet. Amazing. 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 So people want to know just like if they're interested in the men's group or they're interested in coaching, what's the best place to to find you on Instagram or on your website? What's the best place? Uh, Yeah. Instagram is going to direct you to my website and it's just mikeidella.com. And you can learn all about, the one-on-one coaching, the men's group, the paddle boards. I have a blog on there where I just recently launched, you know, eight, eight tips to help you if you're feeling stuck or lost and direction you want to go with your life. Yeah. And so I'm also really happy to talk with anyone. Uh, it's really easy to get on a, a 15 minute phone call with me and ask any questions that you have. Um, you know, here to help. Cool. Cool. Well, brother, we uh, obviously we could keep chatting forever and ever, but uh, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate the just the open, honest, vulnerable conversation. Um, doing the, the work that you're doing, the the support groups that you're putting out there, you know, just opening up that uh, forum of communication for especially men, but also women for sure. Just in you know this this day and age, which can be such a, a crazy one to to navigate at times, you know while also still just walking the talk you're doing it which is pretty awesome so thank yeah you. yeah well thank you as well i know you're doing very similar stuff and you know we we all live in a world that makes a lot of money on telling us that we're not enough mm-hmm. and that we need to do better and um you know we really need to have a practice of looking in and a lot of us are doing pretty damn well and yeah. so uh, building ourselves up is uh, it's high on my priority list i want to build people up and help as much as i can similar to you. So Truth. thank you. True. Yeah, brother. Absolutely. So felt as if you're uh, actually in the Denver area and uh, you're listening to this prior to March 28th. Um, join us at the next meeting of men uh, where Michael will be our special guest speaker, which would be amazing. I highly recommend that you go and check out whether it be Mike uh, on Instagram, which is Mike dot or just Mike 
find out all the good stuff, follow him, uh, check things out, get involved with his men's group. Um, I think it's, he's just, you're so fun to just follow along on social media because you're doing such, uh, inspiring things and like crazy things I would never think to do myself, but, uh, it's fun to live kind of vicariously through you. So anyways, brother, thank you for, for being on the podcast. Thank you for being a part of the men's meeting. Um, thanks for just doing what you do. It's been an honor to, to have you on. Yeah. Thank you as well. Yeah. Look forward. We need to get a workout in soon. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, thank you guys for listening, watching. Uh, we'll catch up with you on the next episode of the becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King. We'll talk soon. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.